So just to be clear, scams affect everyone. And while stories like the billionaire and the gold coins make it easy to believe that scammers only target the super rich, it's actually the opposite. Scammers love to target the vulnerable. And at a time where many of us are kind of caught up in these stressful world events and are basically waiting on critical information from government institutions, whether that's about student loans or an update from the IRS or even like FEMA disaster relief, if you've been affected by a natural disaster, it's really important that we stay vigilant because we don't want to get so desperate to cross something off the list that we give up this precious information or don't take the time to just do some additional due diligence. Welcome to the Rich and Regular podcast presented by Success, where we explore life at the intersection of money. I'm Julian. And I'm Kirsten. And today we're talking about scams. Scam, scammer. Yes. And to some extent, it's big brother fraud. But it's scammer season, y'all. Like, it's, it's time to protect your neck. And the reason we're talking about this is because scams always involve money. And as things keep getting tighter while the economy kind of does what it does, the last thing you want to be is a victim of a scam or a fraud at this at this point. Yeah, there are a couple of things going on. It's it's the holiday season, which you typically tend to see an uptick in scams. We're also in this weird limbo state of a recession, which we know leads to hard times for folks, which leads to an uptick in scams. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, there's just a bunch of new technology and social media is on the fritz. So it's like all these things combined, I think, are really leading up to so much of the things that we're seeing. Uh, speak of which we did some digging, which we've been known to do. If you've been paying attention to the news, you've probably seen some of these headlines about scams and Mm -hmm. storylines and like it's really popping up. I think there's I'm kind of excited about it. I've said this before, but I, like I'm a big fan of like scammer content. You are. Because I, I use it as a as a as a defense mechanism. Like I want to know what the new scams are so that when I come across it, I recognize it. Scam. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm out there like, you like Ghostbusters, but for scams. Oh, I was going to make a Game of Thrones reference. Like, oh, shame. I wouldn't have gotten it. Yeah, you wouldn't have gotten it. Y'all know I haven't seen Game of Thrones or House of Dragons. So, then, I mean, then, you then can make the jokes for the listeners. listeners. Yeah, they, they already get it. They already know. <laughs> anyway, so a couple of things that have made the news uh, as of late. There's been a huge obviously uptick with uh, crypto. I mean, like that's been a scammy Mm -hmm. world from the beginning. Yeah. But between that and like Web3 fraud, like crypto lenders like Celsius completely went out of business. They ended up owing their lenders $4.7 billion due to all the fraud that was sort of rolled up into what they're doing. Not necessarily the same thing, but even obviously Elon Musk making the news quite a bit with his purchase of Twitter, but sort Mm -hmm. of holding back because he believed that there was a significant understanding statement of fraudulent accounts. Mm-hmm. Everyone's favorite bank, Wells Fargo, was recently in the news because Senator Elizabeth Warren called them out for failing to protect their customers from Zelle scams, which mm-hmm. is a whole thing in terms of people, you know, getting uh, these requests and sending money. They're not really being a way for that money to be sort of pulled back. I think right. what they found was that through Zelle, there was an uptick of, I think, two and a half times uh, greater 
cases of fraud and scams this time versus uh, 2019. So just mm-hmm. in three years, we've seen like just multiples of, of this type of stuff. And that's just the tip of the iceberg. There's like romance scams, yeah, which there's a whole series of that. That was yeah. a good one. I think it was Nightline. <laughs> uh, funeral expense scams, which yes. I've, I've seen on television before. Vaccine scams, mm-hmm. which I've I've... I can't even wrap my head around social security. You name it. There's a scam for it. Student loan forgiveness. Scams. Oh yeah. You're getting phone people calls. People getting excited yeah. and say, Hey, you qualified. All I need is your information. And people, all they hear is you can be free yeah. of debt and mm-hmm. they give up all the information. So all that to say, we are heading into Thanksgiving. This feels like really good, warm, cozy family time <laughs> conversations <laughs> to talk about it. But seriously, it's like, hey, just, just want to Yo, make sure like, my cousins, your aunts, your real. uncles are not like in the process of submitting their paperwork to Joe Schmo over Listen. There, who's about to like completely take all their money. Elder fraud alone, huge. which is like a huge, it's got lots of legs, affects huge. millions of people. Every single year. In fact, maybe we should do an in-depth kind of episode or series on just elder fraud. We've mentioned it. And I remember when we did some research on that, I don't remember what the broader topic of conversation was. It may have been just like cybersecurity or something. Mm -hmm. But but yeah, it's like it's so easy. And I think about it. Pretty much like at least once a week. Every time I see my mom on Facebook, I'm like, Lord, please not today. Don't send anybody anything. (laughs) Yeah, I actually just read about this Atlanta heist where this dude that was in jail was able to siphon millions of dollars from a billionaire's Charles Schwab account. Yes. And then he converted it all into gold coins, then brought property with some of the gold coins. But nobody else, like nobody knows where the rest of it went. Yes. And he did all of this in jail from a burner from a phone. burner phone. Yeah. 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 I mean, he had like people who got like the private plane and converted it to gold coins. But like for the most part, he was able to just pretend to be this account holder. Yeah. Somebody's getting sued. Yeah. Somebody's getting sued big time. Well, the billionaire is just kind of like, ah, I didn't miss it. Like, <laughs> like, he's probably going to sell the TV rights to somebody <laughs> right? else, make money that <laughs> make way. Make more money. And then sue the, uh, sue the bank for not triple checking. Yeah. So just to be clear, scams affect everyone. And while stories like the billionaire and the gold coins make it easy to believe that scammers only target the super rich, it's actually the opposite. Scammers love to target the vulnerable. And at a time where many of us are kind of caught up in these stressful world events and are basically waiting on critical information from government institutions, whether that's about student loans or an update from the IRS or even like FEMA disaster relief, if you've been affected by a natural disaster, it's really important that we stay vigilant because we don't want to get so desperate to cross something off the list that we give up this precious information or don't take the time to just do some additional due diligence. So today we want to give you a few red flags to look out for and a few tips and action items if you feel like your identity or sensitive information has already been compromised. So this is also making me think about my, my dad. I apologize before I jump into some of my points here, but he is, uh, he lives just North of Fort Myers. Everybody knows Fort Myers was devastated by 
how he came in. Mm -hmm. And I was catching up with him afterwards. He had some minor damage to the home, but he was saying that one of the other things that he noticed, aside from insurance adjusters being around and some of the other just weird things like FEMA and all that stuff, was that like the number of roofers that just came out of the woodwork. Oh, yeah. And some of them were just kind of, he said it wasn't getting good vibes from some of these guys. So he decided to just wait. But he was saying like every single day, like imagine the amount of times you get spam phone calls. Mm -hmm. He was like, that's what I was getting, like knocking. Oh, door door, door to door. Just going door to door. Because they know. Older communities, retired yeah. people, mm-hmm. some of whom may live give by themselves. Give you a good deal, but I'll you need you to pay for deal. the materials and give me the money now. Yeah, and then how they much never did you show pay up? this person? Yeah. I'll do it for less. Like, there's just so much stuff out there. So, all of that to say, this is like not just like deeply personal for us. Like, we know it's happening, and hopefully, if you don't think it's happening to you, you can at least use this as a moment of pause to ask the right questions to your loved ones, especially those that are older, because they tend to be most vulnerable. So let's jump right into tips. I think the first one is to recalibrate what I'm just going to call your spidey senses. Mm-hmm. Like we're, we're vulnerable. We're all looking for something positive, you know, and hopeful to mm-hmm. believe in, especially these days. But at the end of the day, the same old rules still apply. If it seems too good to be true, it probably Facts. is. Yes. Scams like uh, like fake IRS representatives who call you and say that they can like expedite, they can get it to you faster or yeah, like looks like can. you're eligible. Yeah. They can send you things that look legit uh, in, the, in the mail. And I know this as someone who receives mail from the IRS like there's nothing that can't be replicated about it like it's Mm -hmm. very very like simple but if ever there was a time to be skeptical like it's now scammers will often promise like a windfall of money there's always like some sugar sweet yeah some kind of of financial relief yeah it's like oh we're gonna get it to you so much faster or get it to you so much cheaper than what you could get it uh but at the end of the day they always need your information they need your personal which is the red flag and that should be the number one red flag because the irs is not first of all the irs is not going to call you they're not they're not calling you and i can tell you i wish they would sometimes but they don't they have a website they expect you to check your mail you gotta <laughs> like, call them you have to call them and you gotta wait in some cases they have satellite offices that you can go to but yeah they're never gonna just call you so just know that you want to be super super careful about giving your personal information quite honestly to strangers and like by strangers i mean anybody you don't know mm-hmm. and by sensitive information i mean it could mean anything it mean your phone number is sensitive information your addresses your account numbers obviously your social security number your birth date because some of those things can be strung together mm-hmm. put into a simple app and then all of a sudden it's used to unlock passwords or usernames and like it's it's so easy these days and so you definitely want to be mindful of that but again it's about your personal information because that is the thing that unlocks the doors or the access to all of the accounts, all of the tools that you may be using. So you really, really want to make sure that you are protecting those things every way that you can. Yeah, this can be tricky because when you call a bank, they absolutely ask you to verify your information. But you're initiating that phone. Correct. That's a bank different. would never contact you and ask for personal information like your account number or your PIN. And this is so important because scammers will pose as the bank and say something needs your immediate action. Right. So the second tip is to never give out your personal information or click any links or download any attachments from email addresses that you don't recognize. Actually, scratch that. Go beyond email addresses. It can be a phone call, an email, a text message, DM on Instagram. Just don't do it. If people are reaching out to you asking for personal information, that is a huge 
red flag. Yep. So there's a there's a technology called phishing, and it's spelled P-H-I-S-H-I-N-G, phishing. And it's a common scheme where a scammer basically sends out an email that looks and feels legitimate, but it's not. And the point of these emails is that they're intended to get you to give up your personal information or they're going to deploy spyware on your device so that they can just steal your information. But when you get these types of emails, you always want to take the extra step and Google the email address. Yeah. And when you're Googling, make sure that you copy and paste it because they'll use tricks like swapping out an uppercase I for a lowercase L. So to the untrained eye, it looks official. You also just want to look for typos, you know, a regular logos. If, if if you have a PC, make sure that you right click to see where the URL that the button is trying to send you is going. Yeah. If it's not connected to that company's primary site, that's also another giveaway. Yeah. Dead giveaway. <laughs> <laughs> now, where phishing takes place via email, smishing is a fairly new term that involves text messages. Yes, smishing is a thing. It's a combination of SMS and <laughs> phishing. Y'all should see the way Julian's looking at me like I made this up. It's called smishing, and you guys have experienced this. Smishing? <laughs> smishing is where you'll get these text messages delivered to your phone, and they're disguised as updates from businesses like UPS or Amazon, and they're just kind of delivered as plain text. Sometimes they're personalized with your name. But again, this is fraud. This is likely a scam. So as the holidays approach, please warn your loved ones, particularly the teens and the elders, not to click on none of that. So here's don't, the thing. Don't um, do it. Because even because even right now, like this is it just kind of speaks to how accustomed we are to this. Like we get this stuff all the time. You mm-hmm. get dozens of Spam calls every single day. I can't day. believe we just let the spammers win. We like- get tons of uh, text messages now, which is like, to your point, it's relatively new that it's expanded to text messages now. Smishing. Um, smishing. Well, I'm, I'm, that's not going to be a thing. <laughs> I, I can understand why people like feel like, no, that, that can't be. That there's so much is like, yes, it is just that bad. Like we literally are bombarded with it. Everyone is. Yes. And I think it gets particularly uh, challenging during the holiday season because even for me, just not too long ago, I, whenever we, you know, I don't shop that much online, but I remember when I was waiting for something and I think it was coming from overseas and I just so happened to get one of those kinds of texts from UPS and I just immediately jumped into it mm-hmm. because I was already expecting something. And then I realized what I did and I was like, I almost threw the phone away. I was like, get, it, <laughs> get rid of it. Phone. Throw the whole thing away. <laughs> like, smash it. Just Burn get, the house down. Listen, change everything. <laughs> I don't know what I lot. just did. It's all over. But yeah, it's, it's, it's scary like that. All right. So third tip is don't be afraid to ask questions. This is actually my favorite one because this is where things get interesting. Like, you really mm-hmm. get to test, like, how good this scammer is. They're typically really bad at it. They're very bad. So They're usually instructed they to hang up. Because they don't have time yeah. to do this. Like well, someone, they don't want to get arrested. Well, there's, there's that too. But, like, it's so much easier to get someone who's not going to ask questions. So, like, honestly, one of the best things that you can do is ask simple questions and watch them fumble. Like, mm-hmm. it was like and if they fumble... And then, you know, okay. Yeah. And I'm not talking about like accent fumbles. I'm talking about like simple questions. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know. What do you see on your screen? Right. You know, because I know I was there last month and I did this. Like, does that, does that, does that transaction Which not show up? Which case number do you have? Which ca- exactly. And if they can't answer those questions, then you know that you're probably dealing 
with a scammer. But let's say you're on the phone and it does sound reputable and it just so happens to be related to an issue you're having. So, for example, lots of people need to interact with Medicaid on a regular basis for healthcare. So let's assume you have a case number with them. And then one day you get a call from someone claiming to be from Medicaid. It's natural to think, okay, cool. But no, like nine <laughs> times out of 10, government agencies do not make outbound calls. Period. They just, they, they, just don't, don't. they don't have the manpower or the budget for that. So whether it's the IRS, Social Security, Department of Veterans Affairs, like they send official mail via the U.S. Postal Service on official letterhead. They do not call you to ask for money or threaten your account status. That's right. So if you just so happen to get one of those calls, like don't be afraid to just hang up. Right. right. And there's always that little delay, which is that dead giveaway. Some people may not know that, but if you pick up your phone, you say hello, and there's like two, three seconds of silence, and then it sounds like somebody's fumbling, mm-hmm. dead giveaway. <laughs> <laughs> Just hang hang up as quickly as possible. But if you're if you're not a hang up person, because I understand some people just have been in call centers and they don't want to hang up, then again, ask them for more detailed information. Ask them where they're calling from. So again, another dead giveaway. A government agency is not going to be calling you from Bangladesh. So if stuff starts to sound fishy, then you let them hang up first or you can say, "Ah, okay, I've gotten enough information. This call actually isn't for me. And again, I get the temptation to answer phone calls from unknown numbers because that's another dead giveaway, particularly if you're a business owner, like it might be a customer, it could be something important, but I'm just going to throw this out there as a bonus tip regarding phone calls, which is to let every single call that comes from an unknown number go to voicemail. Like just don't even pick it up, let it go to voicemail. And if they need something from you, they will leave a voicemail. We actually came across a 2019 FCC report that said nearly half of the calls that you received that year were going to be spam. This was back in 2019. So despite the fact that there are laws that are supposed to prohibit robocalls, and then there are other protocols like the do not call registry, these calls, these spam calls or scam calls continue to rise year after year after year. And while the government and the phone carriers are allegedly working on solutions, allegedly, their, their advice in the interim is simply to stop answering. According to them, answering or interacting with a robocaller just leads to more calls. And some scammers even get a little kickback if you call them back. So just ignore them. If you have one of those family members that likes to call back missed numbers to see who it is, like (laughs) tell them stop doing that (laughs) because the scammer could be getting a little little something from the carrier because you're basically calling the equivalent of like a 1-900 number. Now, if you're waiting on an important phone call from somebody like a doctor's office, or a lawyer or something like that, your goal is just to minimize risk. I understand you might not be able to ignore every unknown caller, but you can see if you can find the number and just program it in your phone in advance or in an even better case, to Julian's point, ask some questions. Ask the person when you can expect their call. Ask the company or the person what their outgoing number might be. That way you can save it in the phone and then you just kind of know that, oh, it's it's my lab results call- calling me back or it is the thing that I've been waiting on instead of just leaving it for chance. Yeah. So the most recent example that we've had to deal with was with Vanguard. We invest 
uh, quite a bit with Vanguard, reputable company, and their their website is well known for being like pretty terrible. pretty terrible. Yeah. And so I got a phone call from him. This was after receiving multiple pieces of snail mail from them. They were asking us to go into the account. And to, I forget the exact term, but basically we have a solo 401k account with them, which is basically our 401k for our business uh, that we set up and we manage. But every now and then the government requires you to kind of put a final stamp to sort of renew it, the Mm -hmm. account. Forget the exact term. Anyway, I couldn't do it on the website because it was horrible. And so months went by and I just got frustrated. I was like, you know what? Let's see what happens. They're not going to hold my money. Right. But I just want to see what happens because like this, if anything, would just give me a reason to move our money somewhere else. So we were getting close to the deadline and I got a call from Vanguard and I was happy to hear from them because I I was like, Mm -hmm. I want to see what they have to say because I'm sure there's some kind of record that shows the number of times that I've gone in there and tried to do it. Long story short, when we say people aren't going to call, we were primarily talking about government agencies. Correct. For-profit companies, especially those that like are serving you and you signed up for something. Yes, they might call you. But in those cases, like they're not going to ask you for any information. And in fact, in this case, they were asking me and saying, oh, log in. And then when I explained the issue, he was saying, oh, well, what I, I just put something in your inbox. Right. So you can see yeah. like that's something that can't really be yeah. replicated. Obviously, your account is protected. You have the username. I didn't share that information with them uh, or, or the password. Like they can help you do all of those things. And even if they're like asking you to update your password, those things are going to be done pretty privately Correct. via email. I just sent you the email. Yeah. Let Click me know that. when you got exactly. it. Click that. Like it's not going to be uh-huh. some kind of, well, you tell me what your email is and I'll go ahead and do it for you. Like that's not going to be the case. So just wanted to make sure that we made that distinction between for-profit and, uh, let's say, government agencies. Awesome. Okay, so we've spoken about ways to avoid getting scammed, but I want to offer a few more tips on what to do if you already get caught slipping, right? It happens, um, unfortunately, and it can be a headache. Uh, But the good news is the sooner you take action, the better you can protect yourself. So the very first thing you want to do if you get caught slipping, you're caught in a scam. Let me just take a step back here because I know someone that this has happened to and they did the absolute wrong thing, which was like, cower in shame and not say anything just thinking it was going to go away and Mm -hmm. it just got worse like they just kept accessing more and more stuff and they can get into your future stuff completely it's not just about draining today's accounts they can go in and steal your tax the more you don't do anything the more they keep going back to the scene of the crime or the person who gave them access because open lines of credit in your name very very easily so you want to jump on top of this i'm gonna go ahead and just add a couple of things like if this happens to you take the day off uh-huh. That you are not going to be able to do uh-huh. this while you you're are at work. You're going to be on the phone for hours with multiple different companies. It might take you more than two days, but like, go ahead, tell your boss, I'm dealing with some type of scam account. It's like really impacting everything. I'm sorry. I got to go. Sucks to tell you that, guys, but take the time because you're going to need it. First things you want to do is contact your bank or banks immediately. You want to freeze any accounts that you may have, uh, that that person may have access to, um, especially if you gave them your uh, ACH information, like your checking account number. Uh, You may actually have to shut that account down Mm -hmm. and open new ones, um, which is not a bad idea, especially if you see that things are progressing pretty quickly because you still need the ability to conduct transactions. You can't do that if all of your money is tied up or locked up 
up into an account that you are also trying to protect. So the goal here is to protect cash in the bank and get a case number to ensure that you can get proper restitution. Uh, the next thing, uh, once you move away from credit, especially like your checking and savings accounts, is moving into credit. When you want to contact each credit bureau to request a security freeze, this is typically fee. They'll ensure that it's really, really difficult for a scammer to open up a new account, which again, if they have your contact information, they can do easily. I mean, minutes. And and now it, with the virtual cards, like not only do you can you minutes. open an account, you can start It'll pop spending up, on they it. can load it on Apple Pay. They yeah. can load that thing up get things sent and taken care like it is just that fast there are also companies that will do this for you i'm not going to name any but there's several sort of you know credit monitoring services that are they, they do cost money but it may be like somewhere between 10 for upper level services maybe 25 30 dollars a month uh which again if you've been through this you feel like it's a no-brainer for most people who haven't it's like nah i'm good uh, but again, you can reach out to the credit bureaus directly, uh, the three in particular, TransUnion, Equifax, and Experian. Or if you have some type of credit monitoring service, they may have a function in there that allows you to submit that request. My recommendation would be to go to those people directly because it's just a shorter means of communication. Uh, last thing you want to do is you want to update all your accounts with new logins as soon as possible. Start mm-hmm. with your password, go ahead and change that and make sure that you're storing this new password somewhere secure so that you don't repeat the process or end up in a similar situation. If you can change your username, which is probably gonna be more difficult to do, go ahead and do that as well. But uh, yeah, it, it makes sense to go ahead and lock up that password, get rid of the one that you'd already given away, especially if, uh, and I hate, to, again, this is so scary because like what happens sometimes is scammers will change the password ahead of you. Yes. Right. And so this is why speed is so important. Like you want to get ahead of it because they'll change it. Then you literally can't access the account. Yeah. You will have trouble trying to convey that you are who you say you are. Exactly. So the absolute first thing you want to do is if you still have access and you believe that that account has the potential to be impacted is to go ahead and change the accounts. And again, precautionary measure, change yeah. everything. Yeah. And I'll add, while everything is still fresh in your mind, you want to start documenting exactly what happened and when. So this can be the little things like the last time you used your card, the last time you remember using it, the last location. Because in some instances, the scam is just a skimmer on whatever the credit card reader is. So this is common in gas stations and bodegas where it's like they there was no person involved. It was technology that skimmed your card number. Yeah, that's like low-level scamming. Like yeah. That's like, if that happens, it's infuriating and kind of scary, but that's not nearly You're as not bad the as only some of these them. more sophisticated things. Correct. And in those cases, it's more like they got it, quick transactions run up and they're moving on to the next one. Correct. Because they know very much like the people are aware of what to do uh, and the things get, it's not even worth trying to continue to like hack something that's already been hacked. They just move on to the next, uh, yeah. the next person. But if there was a person involved, any conversations, text messages, screenshots of websites that you went to, to fill in the information, emails, email addresses, assuming you still have all of this stuff, record all of that stuff. Because while we'd love to say that every fraud case is cut and dry and it's handled by the bank and you get your money within three to five business days, there are several instances where people are just out of luck and the money isn't recoverable until the larger scam is is revealed. 
Either way, reporting what you know to authorities as soon as possible just sets you up to be in a better position to get restitution if it's offered at some point to the victims of the fraud. Yep, yep. All right, uh, let's wrap up with a couple more uh, key tips. Uh, And even as I'm thinking about these, it it really reinforces one of our broader concerns and and observations around financial literacy and tech literacy. Like the Mm -hmm. two go hand in hand. This is why we're always talking about these things. So one of the first tips or other tips uh, that we'll offer, assuming this is something that's happened to you online and you're trying to make sure that uh, you are acting or engaging in a secure way. When you look at the URL, which is basically the website name that you're clicking on, you always want to make sure that, the and Kirsten mentioned this, but like they can be so slick with the spellings. Mm-hmm. And you see it a lot on social media. So Wells Fargo, for example, you could be on wellsfargo.com, but it could be Wells with three L's fargo.com and you wouldn't even notice it because the website will look exactly like Mm -hmm. what wells fargo's website looks like so you want to make sure that like the url is accurate and i'm not talking about the hundreds of other alphanumeric stuff that comes after the primary stuff just focus on the primary stuff because if it's wrong there nothing else even matters so the first stuff like if i'm supposed to be on wellsfargo.com is wells fargo spelled correctly Second thing you want to do, kind of still focusing on the URL, is looking for this little padlock. And you may have noticed that little padlock, but that typically comes before the actual URL. That is an indicator that lets you know that that site is protected and any information that you're loading onto that site is going to be uh, encrypted. That's a sign of legitimacy, if you Mm -hmm. will. So if you're on a site that doesn't have that, you know for sure that something's up and you need to get out of there fast. Three, uh, have or ask for all of the options available to conduct a transaction. So Mm -hmm. it could be that someone says, well, we prefer payment via Zelle. Great. What other options do you have for whatever you do? Mm -hmm. They may say something like PayPal or something. Great. What can you send me? But like ask for all of the available options and nine times out of 10, because they have a very strong preference for how they like to conduct their scams, Mm -hmm. if they're pushing you in any one particular way, especially if you're willing to pay money to do it a a different way, that is a red, red flag. It's definitely something that you want to be mindful of. The fourth one is just for the few people out there that might actually be like me and are interested and curious. I think American Greed, it used to be on CNBC. I believe there are a handful of episodes that are now on Hulu, but American Greed is a a series that talks about fraud. I mean, literally every single type of fraud uh, that has happened, I want to say for like the last 10, 15 years. Uh, I find it fascinating because again, you get to sort of peek into the mind of these people, but you also kind of get to hear from the victims and you can see like, gosh, like the egg on their face, like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I did this thing. And I just think it helps to make us all a little savvier. But there was a recent docu-series on HBO Max called Generation Hustle, which was a lot more flashy, but uh, probably a little bit more entertainment focused. But it really speaks to how fraud is done today, like the youngsters and new technology and all that stuff. American Greed is a kind of an older show, so you don't really get those kinds of things. But Generation Hustle and HBO Max docu-series really gives you insight into what this new age or new generation of scammers are, are, are focused on. Love it. All right. Final thoughts. Let's do it. Scam a scam. <laughs> so my final thought is stay ready. So you ain't got to get ready. It's 
wise words from my grandmother that have been passed on generation after generation. But basically, this is just a reinforcement of financial hygiene and financial habits that help you stay alert of all of this stuff, whether it is signing up for account alerts from your bank. So with our bank, you can sign up for literally a text message every time a transaction comes through, or you can set a limit to say any transaction over $100, let me know. But sign up for that stuff, even if it's just for like this holiday period. Make sure that you're getting your credit reports at least once a year. Everybody gets a free one every single year. So at least get that one. And then if you have additional money to invest, you can sign up for the things like Julian was mentioning, credit monitoring, identity protection, a password manager. These things typically are less than $100, $150 annually. So again, it's not a huge amount of money, but if you feel like you're particularly vulnerable or at risk, these are the types of solutions that are out there for a, a small fee. Love it. So my tip, uh, I would say, is to stay ahead of the curve. And what I mean by that is, as someone who has a PhD in scamology, having watched <laughs> every single documentary uh, and television series about scams uh, that exist, uh, what we found is that people are, more, or scammers are far more, or what I found, I should say, is that people are far more likely to uh, go deep on scams and like sort of proven technologies. Like they, the new stuff, like you might think that the new stuff sort of leads to uh, attracting scammers, but like that good old thing works, right? So check scams and simple scams and emails and texts, like social media stuff, like that stuff is just so much easier. And with new stuff, there are fewer people using it. Mm -hmm. So stay ahead of the curve. I think one of the biggest things you can do is embrace, like let this be the year that you embrace mobile technology or mobile wallet or things like that, where you're not even carrying a credit card to where somebody can have that information. It's automatically uh, protected. It's automatically encrypted. Of course, you could lose your phone. But again, consider the alternative, losing your wallet where everything that you have right. is already in there. Right. So think about those things. Consider embracing uh, mobile technology, mobile wallets, stay ahead of the curve. Uh, make sure that you're always adding in those new things, whether they're security features. Uh, and I think you by default, put yourself at a lower likelihood to get caught up in a scam. Yes. Well, thank you for listening to another episode of the Rich and Regular podcast presented by Success. If you like what you heard, the ratings and review page is not a scam. <laughs> so I don't know. This was a hard one to, to position into a, a plea. The ratings and review page is legit. So head over there and leave us a verified review. Da -da -da -da. Alex. All right. <laughs> we'll see y'all next week. <laughs>